What's up, everybody? This is another installment of Ask Ronnie, the podcast, the YouTube channel, however you're watching. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is a place where we talk about Christian apologetics. We talk about the Christian life from a practical perspective. So you're not going to find a whole lot of heavy theological terms here, but we're certainly going to uh, speak about life and culture through the lens of the word. So uh, without further ado, let's get started. All right, so let's just get right into it. I have a couple of topics I want to hit today that have just been at the top of my mind, and I wanted to run them by the audience and just hear what you have to say. So here we are, and it is April 2021 as of the recording of this video. We are, uh, we're past the, the horrible year that we had of 2020, and now we're looking at the first quarter of 2021 already in the books. I'm seeing in culture that uh, we have uh, a lot of folks returning back to life as normal. People are going back to work, kids are gradually going back to school. Businesses are open and fully functional. That includes restaurants, you know, just any any place where you can gather is basically doing what they did before the pandemic. And it's really great. I mean, it's, it's great to finally get out of the house and, um, you know, just enjoy life again and meet with people and kind of feel normal, even though we're doing the social distance thing, even though we still wear the masks. It's just kind of nice to see things go back to normal. I'm a little late because I had a lot of things that hit me after quarantine and I wanted to share in a video, but I never did. You know, if anybody knows this channel by now, you know, I'm not that consistent. So, so here are my lessons from 2020 and really my thought is, okay, are we still mindful of these things or have we just kind of threw them to the wayside and went back to business as usual? I wanted to bring out some lessons that I learned from the pandemic, from 2020. And I thought, okay, well, I'm kind of late on this, right? Like usually the beginning of the year, you want to talk about a retrospective of what happened last year. But for me, I wanted to bring it out now because, you know, it's, it's so easy to get back into old patterns. It's so easy to um, get to status quo. So, you know, like we, we rise to the occasion when all these things jumped off last year, all of us sort of banded together as a nation to fight it, you know, some, some to fight it, you know, some, some, some were difficult, a little hard headed, but for the most part, you know, it, it, it was a time to reflect. It was a time to really um, examine. And for those that did, we learned a lot last year, but Let's not forget what we learned last year. So, you know, without further ado, let's go. Number one, if nothing else, 2020 taught me about my priorities because I had certain priorities back in 2019. Then everything shut down. I'm home. It's just me and my family. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. And you just learned how to slow down and to really assess what's important to you. So for me, my priorities got rearranged. I, I realized that 
it's not that important for me to be running around just picking up stuff at Target. You know how we do. Walking through Target, <laughs> especially where I live, retail is a big deal around here. So, you know, for fun, people will just go to Target and walk around. And you know the whole cliche about the mom, the mom who like, that's her time away from the kids. I wouldn't say that's me, but I just realized a lot of the shopping that I do during the week in the name of like, oh, so-and-so needs this and this child needs this and I need to pick up that, all of it went away. And for me, I'm all about being wise with my finances. So it was nice to not have a reason to go out and shop. And because, you know, you, you pick up one thing and then all of a sudden, dang, that's a cute mug. You know what? It's got my initial on it and everything. That's my favorite color. You're picking that up. And the next thing you know, you're like, you know what? I think I need some new dish towels to go with my new mug. And while I'm here, you know, I've been thinking about getting one of them new K-Cup Keurigs. And before you know it, your cart is full of stuff that you did not intend to buy. And it was later for all that. So number one, I realized being home with my family is more important than being out shopping, running around, running errands. Oh my goodness, the errands. All they came to a stop. I was so thankful. <laughs> but other than that, I realized that um, the friends that I hadn't talked to in so long because, you know, our busy schedules kept us from really being intentional about our relationships, I was able to reconnect with folks. I was able to get on the video chats and the, um, the threads with folks and just really check in with one another. And it was intentional and it was sincere. Next thing too, so it was a crisis what we were in. People were dying, people were getting sick, people weren't allowed to go to work, people lost jobs, they lost homes, you know, financial um, insecurity, people didn't have food. You know, it was, it was bad for a lot of folks. But in the midst of crisis, here's what's interesting. It can also be a, an opportunity, a time for opportunity. So um, a person who, eh, how do I put this? Because I want to be sensitive to the fact that there were folks who were really struggling last year. And if it wasn't for the, the stimulus checks that have come through, a lot of folks wouldn't have made it through this crazy year. I don't want to make light of that. There have been so many, like I said, the stimulus coming through, which put extra money in folks' hands that they wouldn't ordinarily have gotten. You talk about um, the the benefits of uh, the the student loan debt being forgiven for a, a period of time. I know I was I was praising God for that one myself because it took the pressure off of having to uh, figure out that student loan and have my you know my my credit score potentially impacted if I couldn't pay. And 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 actually, I think I saw a boost in my credit score because those loans were in that um, that grace period last year. And I'm just saying, you know, all of these, these tax breaks, the stimulus, um, housing, all of these different things, because of the benefits that came our way in order for us to survive this crisis and to keep the economy running smoothly, they gave money like never before. And for some people, that was the boost they needed to get to home ownership, to get to make those investments in their future and their kids' future. So for me, what I realized was this is a time like no other where there are all of these, these once in a lifetime opportunities. 
Yes, there's a crisis. Yes, the country is hurting, but it's a great opportunity to build wealth for your family, not only in this generation, but in the next. If you're able to take what's coming and use it as a tool to build for the future. So for me, I just, I looked at it as a great opportunity to change not only my life, but my family's life as well. And in that way, it was a blessing. Y'all know I like DJ Khaled. Like I don't even listen to his music, but I think he's one of the most inspirational people on the planet. Maybe even to an annoying degree, but homeboy said, this is a pandemic. <laughs> so for him, it's like, okay, yeah, we in a pandemic, but I'm a plan to be better and stronger once we come out of this thing. And I love that. We all should have that mentality. And you know, my heart goes out to those who lost loved ones during this time. I'm thankful and I feel blessed because my family is still doing well. I don't wanna be insensitive, but um, you know, a lot of us learn that we're stronger than we thought through this whole crazy time. Um, the last thing, the last thing, and I hope this isn't boring, oh my gosh. But I'm just, I'm just sharing, what did I get out of 2020? What lessons did I learn? The third thing that I learned was that we really have to make it count. We really have to make it count. Because for those who did lose loved ones, for those whose lives were hanging in the balance, you know, this, this was a wake up call for all of us to take advantage of the time we have. Uh, a mentor of mine always said, you know, this is not a dress rehearsal. We get one shot at this thing, you know, so make it count. For me, I don't want to leave this earth and no one notices. I mean, that's real talk. I don't want to leave this earth and not make some kind of impact that will ripple effect through the, into the future. Now, how I do that, how I go about doing that, there are a lot of different ways, but for all of us, we gotta realize that, you know, we only have a finite amount of time with our loved ones, a finite amount of time to um, impart wisdom to our children before they're older and they're on their own, a finite amount of time to um, learn, grow, and implement what we've learned. I think, you know, for some of us, we've spent so much time trying to figure this thing out that we haven't taken action in our lives to, to go forward and make an impact, you know, in whatever area to use those gifts and talents in us. Some of us have just been plain lazy, to be honest, just lazy, um, not really caring that, you know, another day passes and we haven't really figured out what we're doing here on this planet. And hopefully, hopefully, through realizing that life is fragile and it is temporary through this pandemic we've, we've realized you know people can be here today and gone tomorrow so i hope i hope that if nothing else you've realized how precious your life is i mean listen you survived a pandemic man do you realize what that means there are germs we can't even see floating in the air being passed and transmitted from person to person on surfaces and things like that. You still had to go and, and carry out some kind of work. You still had to go to the store and pick up the things that you need and you survived. You've been passing uh, around people for an entire year now with this threat looming over us and you survived. 
you survived it. So don't you think it's for a purpose? Don't you think you ought to make your life count because of all the people who left this earth, you survived, you made it. All right, all right, I'm off that. But yeah, for me, I just wanna make my time count. I don't wanna take my relationships for granted. I don't wanna take my time for granted. And I just wanna do not only the things that make me happy, but things that are gonna bless other people and things that are gonna set my family up for their future. Like that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Purpose, y'all. Purpose. All right, so there's a Pew Research study going around. You know, they do this, I think, every year. Don't quote me on that. But Pew Research says that at least 51% of people in America, as of now, don't consider themselves Christian, don't go to church, maybe fall under the category of spiritual. It's problematic, y'all. Here we have just come through this huge crisis. And instead of people running to the church to find peace, to find answers, to, to feel some kind of, um, you know, to make sense of it, and to, to, to just seek out God and figure out, you know, where was God in all of this and what does he want for my life? You know, they're not asking those questions. Instead, they're saying, you know what? Keep that thing, keep church and all of that far from me. Now, if that's the case, I have some questions. <laughs> I have some questions for the Christian church here, of which I'm a part of. Could those numbers change if the church actually started to minister grace more than it ministered punishment. Are we teaching grace or are we teaching punishment for sin? Now hear me out. There's a place for both. There has to be a balance it's not enough just to preach grace, just like it's not enough just to preach the punishment for sin being death and hell. We have to teach both. But first and foremost, we ought to be the picture of love in the world. When people think of love and what does love look like, they ought to think of God, they ought to think of the church. But I don't think that's the picture they're getting could it be that we're leaning too much on sexual immorality as an issue with the world? That when they hear from the church, when they, when they listen to what we have to say, we're so preoccupied with people's sexual immorality, sexual choices, that we never actually get around to preaching the gospel now, when I say the gospel, I'm talking about the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news being that God is no longer punishing the world for sin. Now, I just said that, but how many of you didn't even, wouldn't even put that together that God is not punishing the world for sin? I think it's contrary, actually, what we're hearing out in the streets. 
is that nah, you know, it, maybe in a way, pandemic 2020, COVID, Rona was God trying to shake up the world, trying to thin the herd, trying to see who's really with him and who's not, trying, trying to punish the world for the sin. How is it that the church is so concerned with sexual immorality when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community, but never wants to talk about the sexual immorality that goes on right in its own four walls in heterosexual relationships and all of the other plethora of sins that a person can do when, and then even if that's the focus, realizing that that's not even God's focus. Does God care if you sin? Actually, I think he does, but it's not for the reason that you might be thinking. God cares if we sin because it hurts us, because it draws us away from him, because it opens the door for sin and evil and Satan, yes, Satan, to come in and wreck our lives.